Welcome to Puro Pinche Sports. I am your host, Segarza. Alongside with me tonight is my co-host, Arturo Ibarra. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Art, art, art. I'm, I'm doing Happy. good, <laughs> man. I'm doing good. You know, sometimes, sometimes when you look to your left, sometimes when, when life gives you right, lemons, it's gonna make lemonade. It, it, you just you just feel that that sensation of I told you so. I told you. I knew my shit. I've been talking my shit for the last two years. You know what I'm talking about. We ain't, ain't no surprise what we're talking about. Guys, welcome to the episode. Welcome to the Puerto Beach Sports. Like I said, we're gonna be talking about the UFC 276 fight card. We're gonna be talking about some NBH uh, free agency movement, some trades. We'll even discuss maybe a little bit, just a little bit about the Baker Mayfield trade to Carolina. But our, we'll start it off, like I said, with the UFC 276 card. It was a weird card. I don't know what more to say other than that. It's a, it was a very strange card. We had so a, a weird way to start the night as far as the main card. And a weird kind of ending, but you know, it's kind of like what you expect at this point with, with those fighters. But let's kick it off with the with the main event art. The champion, middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya retained his title against Jared Kanier. And honestly, the, the sad thing is the most impressive thing that happened tonight was Izzy's walkout, doing a tribute to the Undertaker, having the urn that said Jared on it. It's over. He's going to kill him. Does the Undertaker entrance with the hat, with the song, with Vince McMahon, Triple H, and even Pat McAfee in the building. You know, all of that entrance. And the fight was... How would you describe the fight, Art? I think it just... It was baseline. It wasn't something exciting. It wasn't something that got us off our feet. Uh, there were a couple of instances that I feel like Jarrett was giving him a fight but yet again it wasn't like oh dang like this this is a perfect shot like we got a good hit um it was it was israel's fight like i mean he wasn't overly fighting he wasn't they weren't overly engaging so there wasn't a lot of engagement from both of a lot of excitement i know there was a lot of comments from some of the viewers some of the people that showed up to see the fight ringside they're like, hey, I mean, if you're talking all this shit, you know, like, might as well pump it up. But uh, overall, it was a good fight. You know, Israel did what Israel does. Um, Jared couldn't really do much. It was, it looked like he wanted a takedown or something, but Israel just defended them great. So he did his thing. He defended his title. So what else do you I want? Mean, I mean, Israel Asanya had, you know, what he would describe an off night. But unfortunately, it feels like sometimes with his title defenses, as great as he is, as great a talent he is, he has a lot of off nights when it's time to defend the title, right? You know, we've seen this kind of like lackluster result with his fight with now Kenanier, Marvin Vittori, uh, Yoel Romero. um, And it just doesn't seem like sometimes he's really like feeling that killer instinct that he had while he was on the chase for the title. And sometimes it's an issue when you when you are the champion, is that you get that comfort zone. It's like, you know, I, I like the money, I like uh, what comes with it. I love the the promotions, the sponsorships, and all that stuff. And I said it with the preview last week with Marco on. Um, I said to really get the best out of Izzy, you have to really test him. Now Jared had. A little bit of a game pad with the, you know, rush trying to get a takedown off the cage and stuff like that. Of course, he just couldn't grasp his hands uh, right behind Izzy. Izzy defended very well the takedowns, but Izzy was never in danger. It was never really something that he pressed to, like, really, like, have a big fight. You know, he had that with um, Kelvin Gaslam uh, before his championship fight with Robert Rudiger. Uh, and that's, like, the real last time we've seen him challenged. Um the last time we even seen him take take out somebody was just TKO or anything. It's Paulo Costa when he you know made him his bitch essentially. But we don't have anybody that's really challenging him, and nobody really thought. I mean, not to sound disrespectful to Canadian, right? I wasn't thinking he was at the level to beat him. 
he couldn't be Whitaker. He, he, I mean, and Whitaker couldn't even sniff freaking Izzy's uh, jock strap. So it is what it is, man. I mean, Izzy's just you've cleared when you clear out the division, it's kind of tough to like feel that motivation. Like I can keep doing. But the problem with Izzy too is he can't go up because he's already lost at the title going up once. Can he go down? Maybe. You could. You never know. Maybe you could lose to a team balance, but you know. We will talk about a possible contender uh, very soon, Art. Uh, any final thoughts on Izzy versus uh, Kanye? No, it, like you said, it was a it was a good fight to watch. You know, like it kept people entertained. It wasn't something like to be overly excited like the other fights. I believe there were other pre there were actually some other prelim fights that were actually better than that main event. Uh, yeah, but it also shows you shows you levels of Izzy. It just shows you level of Izzy, yeah. right? Like you no, know, he's and, just that damn good. But at the same time, it's like if. He, he, the only thing he has to lose is the championship, right? So why put himself on the Every, line? Everything, everything with the yeah, everything with the championship. Like I said, like, the, there's no need, for, there's no need for him to get himself and put himself on the line. Just take it easy, put your shots in, win the fight. He just needs to retain. He doesn't need to go crazy. But yet again, like there's not one contender right now that has been able to push him to say, oh, you know what? Like it's gonna be a beatdown. Um, just yeah. like you said, there's there's a couple of people or this one person that we're thinking. Um, we'll talk about that could, just a bit. Who could bring him to his toes? So that might be possible. But yet again, there's other talks of who wants Adesanya and like if those other people deserve the shot right away. So um, I'll say yes right now. But anyways, we'll move on into the next topic. But first, before we hit that beat, we will be talking about Frankie's Barbershop. They are the sponsor of this episode, Art. You know, because you got that nice fresh cut right now. Thanks to Frankie's Barbershop. Mo got you guys. Frankie got you. I mean, Art, tell me this. When every time you go there, you trust these men to cut your hair, make you look nice and clean, you know, nice and fresh. And you come home and your wife's like, what's up, girl? What's up? That's right. That's how they make you look, gentlemen. They'll make you look fresh as clean for your girl, for your guy. It don't matter. They will make you look good. How good? Arturo Ibarra good. Go check him out at 3203 Nacogdoches Road, Suite 100, 78217 here in San Antonio, Texas. They will take care of you. Anyways, Art, you and your little fresh cut right there. Uh, we are moving on to the co-main event. And why, Art, why do I feel so good about this? Why do I feel so good about talking about Alexander Volkanovsky defending, retaining, Become still undisputed UFC featherweight champion over Max Holloway for the third time. Art, talk to them for me. In the words wise of Mike, another person who's been in the show, he did keep asking the whole fight, you know, does do people see anything different? Do we see anything interesting? And, you know, people, people were baffled. People were muted the whole fight. So, um, it was just there was no way like there's one thing that i could say that that person was right about you know if if max holloway would have come out guns blazing then maybe he would have had a chance say his name say his name but he was in the podcast last time marco like i'm sorry man but that fight had you shut the fact that you had to leave not even to watch the main event that was even crazier man but jose you had him. You had him since two years ago. Whenever that that first initial discussion was between Volk and Max, so I was going Volk also. So I learned my lesson the one time that I lost. <laughs> Myself, you, Jay, Mike, all said, "Let's go Volk." I talked my shit for the last two years. I said Volk has that pedigree, that thing that. Holloway can't get past. Holloway's great talent. No one disputes that. No one disputes how great Holloway is. He is at a different level than the guys beneath him. There is there is nothing that they could do to stop him, but there is one man. One man who has toppled him, not once, not twice, but three times in a trilogy. Art, a trilogy I mentioned multiple times that did not need to happen. Volkanovski was already two and zero. He did not need yeah. to give Holloway a third crack. 
He did not need to validate himself to a Daniel Cormier, to a Brendan Schaub, to anyone else, especially to a Marco Monreal. Because Alexander Volkanovsky had proven at those fights with his significant strikes, with his beatdown, winning six of ten rounds to win and then retain the title. He didn't need to do this. What happened to Max Holloway this past Saturday? It did not need to it happen, happened. but it yeah. did. And you know what happened? The big old scar is now left in the eye of Max Holloway. So every time he looks in the mirror, he knows yeah, that remember. Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great, Volkanovski did that to him. Alexander Volkanovski is the best featherweight ever. Five rounds are five dominant rounds that it wasn't once that it was clearly one sided. It was never really a challenge. No, Marco it was right. Marco was right. Hold on, I'll go. I'll, I'll let you go right now. Marco was right. Max needed to press. He needed to put in that pressure. He needed to show that emotion, that heart, that he wanted the title back. The same way he was doing all that bravado in the press conference and at the at the weigh-ins. The way, where was that one stop? You know, everyone left the cage and it was just him and Alex. It disappeared. You know what I saw? I saw nothing. Go ahead, Art. No, and you're right, and and we've seen it. I mean, he did not have to take that that third fight. We've talked about it. We've had that discussion before. Um, yes, whatever the that was that controversy fight where it was anonymous, blah blah blah, all this and this. But at the end of the day, it's it's his significant significant strikes and his total strikes. Like I'm looking at the fight stats right now. Like there was zero knockdowns, total strikes from Volk. There were two or four out of three seventy seven, and he had he had one hundred ninety nine significant ones. So that's Literally, that's a six-point almost no, yeah, five-point-six point difference from the total strikes landed to the ones that were significant. Then from Max, it was 161 that he threw to 335. So they threw about the same punches, same strikes. Okay, I'll give you that. But he only landed 127. Like that is nowhere close to what Volk landed. Those strikes and were, a lot of those were desperation throws too. A lot of them that he was feeling around, like I didn't understand it. Max Holloway's a crisp boxer, but it, but the jab, Volkanovski just jabbed him the whole way, just kept keeping he was the, tagging you know, him the distance. Whole night. You have to remember, Max has the height advantage. He has the reach advantage. He has all the advantages that you would think on paper, Max Holloway should get this fight. But Alexander Volkanovsky is no punk-ass bitch. I'll tell you again. He is not a punk-ass bitch. He gets in there. He doesn't care if you're as big as Max, as big as Brian. I don't, he doesn't care how lengthy you are as Korean zombie. It doesn't matter who you are. He's going to get in there, dirty boxing and all. He's going to use that jab, fucking throw it as many times. And if you can't get past that, then he's just going to keep it going and going and going. And that's what happened. And then he threw no, it up with the combos. Volk felt disrespected with this fight. Like he took Absolutely. it out. Of, he took it out of like you know, like I'll take it just to shut you up to prove that. Actually, not even to prove it. He didn't have anything to prove. He just did it. He's like, all right, you know what? Let's prove the haters wrong. And during the it. fight, man, like doing mm -hmm. the fight, he kept. He he's like, come on, come on, bring it on. You were talking all this shit. Like, come on, bring it on. And it's just, it's just like that, man. It's it's just like a a little annoying fly that just keeps coming up. And you know he he just swatted Max Holloway out of the out of the air, and that's pretty much what happened that Saturday night at your house. That that's Art. literally what happened. And Art, I'm sorry, have... man, but it was it was a sad night. It, I've never seen someone's spirit. I've I've never seen you take someone's spirit that bad at the beginning of the second round. That was that was bad. I don't worry about it, man. Don't worry. It's what I do sometimes. It's okay. It's happened to me. You know what? I've accepted it. I've eaten a chip. I've burned my <laughs> asshole from midnight to 7 a.m. I've 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 shaved my face off and looked like the ugliest thing in the world. Like I've Make him honored, I've honored my losses, and I you know, and I accept them as is. But when I win on, I'm also a loud <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm a loud son of a gun. No, and, and I get I you, you know, like when you win, it's great. You know, you it's won. Great. That's great. Blow it up. Like, hey, you won. When I lose, but when I'll you shake lose, when you lose, just just be a man. 
say, you know what? I lost the bet. I lost the fight. I lost my prediction. Move on from it. Learn from it. You know, like that. that's how it is. That, that's what this is. We do this for fun. That's why we go to your house and watch all the fights. It is for fun so, because we're boys. We're going to fucking rag on each other nonstop. How many times did Jay rag on me? How many times did you rag on me? How many times did Mike <laughs> rag on me? And what? Yeah. I always clap back because they're my boys. They're all my boys. I'm always going to have fun with y'all. And at the end of the day, this topic with Marco, which I've debated with him, like I said, for two years. It's close. It's over. It's over. Not even close. It's over. They've had 15 rounds, 75 minutes of action. 11 rounds to Volkanovski, four to Holloway. It's done. This topic is over. I never want to hear it again. It's not going to be brought up anymore. If I hear any negativity towards Volkanovski, I'm going to be like, go watch the third fight of Holloway. Go watch the second fight. Go watch the first because that man was considered for a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. The best featherweight ever. And Volkanovski took that away in less than two years. Yep. Beautiful so stuff. It was Beautiful a great stuff. fight. We saw a lot of uh, technical ability from, from Volk. And I've told you this. Like, man, that, that, that man plays chess with his opponents. The first round, there's nothing that he needs to do. He, he picks them out. And that second round, he just comes out bolting and saying, okay, you did this the whole first round. All right, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to be tagging you, tagging you, tagging you over and over, over and over and over again. Going to get into your head. And that's what he did. Like, he just got – he got in the Korean Zombie's head. He got in Holloway's head. He got in Ortega's head. And, like, that was a great – that was a great motherfucking fight. And that was, that actually was a better fight than the Max Holloway fight. Like, Nick, my respect to those two guys, but they they went at it. And Volk, yet again, he came out undefeated saying, this is my ring. This is my UFC. What I'm Ortega did – what Ortega did that Holloway didn't is that he showed – he found an opening. Not that he showed something. He actually found an opening, and he caught Volkanovski, right? Otherwise, Volkanovski's on the ground, you know, desperately mm-hmm. trying to avoid that guillotine and then desperately trying to avoid the triangle. You know, Ortega found a way. Volkanovski said, I'm not going to let myself slip up anymore. Didn't slip up with Korean Zombie. Didn't show any signs of slip up against Holloway. So nope. now Volkanovski – is thinking, fuck, I've done a lot with this division. And there's really, there, after, after Holloway, there's really not much I can do. I'm getting older. I think I'm going to test my waters now with 155. I want to see what I can do. Can I become a double champ? Can I do more? So we're going to see Art if Volkanovski not only becomes champion, well, is champion in the 145 division, can also become champion in the 155 division. We shall see. There's a lot of top contenders still at the lightweight division. The, the real champion, Charles Olivero, is a Makachev. You got Michael Chandler right there winning some good fights. And you still got Conor McGregor. Don't matter how many times he loses, he's still going to be in the conversation. Did you see so. that post that they say it's like, it doesn't matter what? McGregor always gives the line. He always gives the line and he gets it. But why does he get it? Because he has that resp- I mean, no, because he brings in the money. Red Panty Nice. He brings in the money. But yet again, he's, he's earned that respect. And he said, you know, I'm a. I'm in the Hall of Famer, and you know, like a lot of people would disagree with him. I, I do consider him one of the Hall of Fame. What because yeah, of what he he's has, gonna be in the Hall of Fame easily. Exactly. It's not even a question. No, because of what he has paid for the UFC, how much money he has brought into the UFC, and he's one of those loud fighters. But yet again, like I think at this point, if Volk decides to go up, doesn't matter who the hell is a contender. I think they should give him a shot at Oliveira. The title is vacant right now, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Well, the title is vacant. Obviously, Islam Makachev is still talking his talk, uh, but we'll talk more about the lightweight division moving forward. But just know that Volkanovski is looking to move up. Um, our the third fight on the card was a middleweight contenders fight. It was pretty much a title contender fight because really anywhere above the list, is, there's really no one else. It was Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira, guys, like I mentioned last episode, is a guy who would who's got is he stretchered? Is a guy who knocked him out, who got him out of there? Pretty not essentially out of kickboxing, but essentially when you know Izzy was looking great, winning a lot, fantastic. The man currently has over a hundred combat fights, so maybe that also explains a little bit why he, you know, a little passive sometimes, not you know going for the killer instinct. But Alex Pereira went in there, not ranked, not a ranked fighter, mind you, against the number four ranked Sean Strickland. In the middleweight division, 
stood toe-to-toe with him. And Sean Strickland, stupid enough, just decided, I'm not going to bow my head. I'm not going to move my left and right. I'm going to have no footwork or nothing, no head work. And he just got pow with the left hook, fucking dropped him. And then he got killed with another right just for satisfaction. First round prediction, by the way. First round prediction. I said it last week. I said this is going to end in the first round. And what happened? First round knockout. What are your thoughts on Alex Beda? He is now currently ranked the number six middleweight. Sean has been dropped to seven. Don't know why. Alex Beda is only at six, not even higher. When Paulo Costa hasn't even won a fight in, in three years, and he's still ranked ahead of him. But anywho, what are your thoughts on Pereira and the possibility of him fighting Izzy now for the middleweight title? So I think that would be a nice fight, first of all, between him and Izzy. I think that's going to be one of those fights that test the waters on Izzy's behalf just because of we know the history. Um, overall, man, the, the guy, he's a really meticulous fighter. Like he, he didn't rush it. And I don't know if it's – you see this a lot with a lot of Brazilian fighters. They're real meticulous on how they approach their fight. And whenever they do approach it, they're really, like, picky at how they're going to make their approaches, if they're going to go for a hit, if they're going to throw a punch, if they're going to go for the takedown, if they're going to submit. They're just really, really strategic with how they do that. And that's what this fight was. Like, I don't think in the press conference, I didn't hear Pareda, like, open his mouth and talk all this big talk. But, like, I... I'm pretty sure there's other UFC and boxers from Brazil that, that like to run their mouth. But they don't talk out like that. They put it all in the ring. And Strickland, man, like, he opened his mouth. He didn't have anything to say to Izzy. And he got his mouth, like, he got it shut quick. So it, I think Breda focused. has a caliber for it, man. Sean Strickland was too focused on Izzy. He was looking past Pereira, which made no sense. He uh, he underestimated the kickboxing skills of Pereira. He said it himself. He's like, I don't think he has anything. What is his kickboxing skills? It means nothing to me. And it's it's stupid m- mindset to have, especially when you're uh, considered a top contender in your division and you're fighting a guy that is not, like I said, is not ranked. You, could, you are more lose anything than him. You have a lot more to lose than him because he has a recognition of beating Izzy before. He's got over 40 uh, kickboxing fights. We know that for sure. He's got, you know, a 1-0 record in boxing, and now he's 6-1 in MMA. So he's moving on up in his, you know, his career. And now, I mean, you're just stupid. Like, you, like if you saw the press conference last week, before the, pre, uh, the pre-fight press conference, you saw all the chit-chatter Strickland was having over Izzy. He was having a lot of fun. He was mocking his uh, love for manga and anime, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, and he was mocking Pereira for his kickboxing stances and his skills. I'm like, and at the end of the day, no footwork, no head movement, just standing just, – just walking him down that that's what I heard someone say I, I don't I don't know uh who it was right it wasn't Marco it wasn't you but it was just your mic someone said he's just walking him down I'm like he's walking him down with terrible movement I think that's what it meant I think it was Jesse I think Jesse said it because he's walking him down with terrible movement there's nothing especially with Jesse he knows he's had years of experience with his you know amateur boxing. And just what Strickland's strategy was, was just dumb. And he deserved to get knocked out. And it's over for him. I don't see him moving back up. It just, you know, shows negative, especially at his age. Like, I think he's like mid-30s. No, like, and Jesse said it. Dumb. Jesse said it correctly. You know, like, I mean, I have no I have no boxing experience. I've, I've done some training camps and everything. But the first thing that they tell you, like, the first rule of thumb, man, if you're fighting a boxer or a kickboxer boxer that has that, like, that under their belt, like they have that Swiss knife under their belt. Mm. You don't stay, you don't square up and open up your chest and walk towards the guy with your head up front without doing any 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 head wobbling. Like this guy's just like it was like, come on, hit me. He wanted it. So, and that's what Jesse said, you know, like this guy's just getting walked, like he's walking him, like he's he's waiting. And he baited like and he Pereira, baited that guy. Pereira, 
Pereira is so experienced at, at kickboxing because that's his forte. That I mean, he he's just weighing his chance. Like, okay, you're walking me down. I'm, we're giving distance. Pop, that's it. I mean, it's yeah. done. It was over. Um, we can move on from that. Our the next fight that we saw, which would considered probably fight of the night, uh, was Robbie Lawler losing to Brian uh, Arena. And it was, I was mean, crazy. <laughs> a war, a war. But uh, Barberena got the, uh, you know, the finish uh, via uh, TKO in the second round, in the closing seconds too. There was like 13 seconds left, um, and the judge said, "No, I mean, the ref said it was done. It's done. We can't do this anymore." No like, I mean, it was crazy. It was back and forth. Robbie Lauder had a lot of good shots in there, trying to show some of that younger Robbie in him still, like. But, but you know, Reina, Brian, he didn't, he didn't quit. He just kept going, bam, 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 bam. You know, I mean, it what can was, we say? That it was, was a it was, fight. It was, and it wasn't even supposed to be on the main card. It was supposed to be on the prelims, but Misha Tate versus uh, Laura Murphy got canceled. Yep. And this guy moved up, and thankfully so, because this was just a fun fight. Um, any thoughts on this one other than bam, bam? It was a great fight. There was moments where I saw Barbarano was going to like, he was kind of like wobbling down and you saw Lawler being like, okay, I got, legs. This. I got this. Yeah. And then it was like another freaking hit from Barbarana and then Lawler looked like that. And then it was like back and forth, back and forth. And Barbarana just caught him right on the freaking, I think it was on the chin, man. Like he just wobbled him back and got him again. And he he was falling down, and and I know he got pissed because they stopped the fight. But it's like, dude, you were out. Like your eyes rolled Ro- back whenever. Ro- he hit Robbie you. Robbie's a warrior. He's a former welterweight champion, in my opinion, one of the best welterweight champions we've had in, in the in all of them, man. Not just UFC. Um, he just had the heart that he didn't want to quit. He, his mindset is, kill me, to to call it. Don't don't don't. But his chin is not the same. He's lost a lot of fights. You know, if you've talked, you know, if you're happy, no, just because he beat Nick Diaz. I mean. Nick Diaz wasn't in the best shape. He threw a, the slowest spinning wheel kick I've ever seen in my life. Um, it is what it is. Um, and that fight made up a little bit for what happened in the first fight in the main card. Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz got called off. No contest. Accidental eye poke. Me and you and everybody there, obviously, we didn't really believe it was serious enough to, like, you know, call it. Apparently, it's a, he got a torn cornea in there, so... It, you know, fast movement, bah, it got him. You know, it just it is what it is. It but I mean, we, fault, man. we, we, we saw we said towards it, but we saw O'Malley, you know, pretty much controlling that fight up until that point. But <laughs> it is what it is. I know we, we were also speculating that Munoz was probably trying to escape, call it, you know, oh no, he, 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 DQ him, DQ him, you know, stuff like that, you know, which, you know, as a smart guy, like, what, you know, why I mean, not? It was- it was a good fight. The, the first, the two rounds that the fight had, you know, like freaking O'Malley just, man, his, he was just, he was making fun of them, man. Like, and I'm pretty sure Munoz got got upset, the, got in his head. The, it was but beautiful. The little, the spinning wheel, the spinning wheel kick, Munoz throws, <laughs> and then, and then he ducks. He said, "Nah," and then he does it himself. Like, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Oh, yeah, it was not. I mean, come on, man. That was entertaining as hell. I, that was the only entertaining part, unfortunately. But the fight ended no contest. I don't know if they'll win it back. If they do, cool. I'm not. I I saw enough to say O'Malley was a better fighter. Yeah. No offense, Munoz is on the decline of his career. O'Malley's moving up, and obviously the UFC is going to showcase him more. Um, so we'll see what happens for them next. But guys, if you saw the rest of the card. I mean, it was a hell of a card, prelims all wise. Yep. So let me let me run it down real quick. Jalen Turner getting that submission victory in 45 seconds. Great. Guilty. Great Jim Miller, Jim Miller retiring, getting revenge in his rematch against Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone laying the gloves down, laying his hat down, saying it's done. I got nothing more in me. I don't love this anymore. Ian Gary from uh, Ireland just going out there, putting on a showcase, showing that you know he's still young, 10-0 now. He's gonna keep moving on up. Um, the and fight of that, the 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 fight of the night prior to uh, Barberina uh, KOing Lawler was to me, and I'll try to say this correctly, Drakis Duplicis 
beating the hell back and forth with Brad Tavares until it's just no more. And give it up to both men for fighting hard as they did. It was a beautiful fight. Andre Muniz beating Uriah Hall in an easy, easy lackluster fight. I mean, that was probably one, like the worst but, fight on the card. So, so that, that's what I was talking about. Like, Andre Muniz, like, the way that he fought, like, he was just – I'm gonna slow it down. I'm gonna slow my tempo. Get my I'm take him down. Away. I'm gonna keep him in there. So that's just, literally what Pareda does too. But he just he did it the boxing way. Yeah, I mean, but he he didn't like holding him on the ground. Really didn't do. Bro, he hit 17 punches. I'm like <laughs> three. You 15 minutes and you hit. You average one yep. hit a minute essentially. Right? I'm not no Macy Barber retiring. Jessica I via decision. Jessica I five ten and one no contest in the UFC. Hanging up the gloves says she's not in for her. Macy Barber moving on up for the flyweight division. Uh, Dujila Stoliarenko submitting dislocating the arm of Jessica Rose Clark. It was a beautiful was way crazy. to start the night. Uh, Forty two seconds in, it was a good nice little combo, and then she switched it up. Nice little double leg. She got side control on her on the right side, and then switching at the armbar on the right. <laughs> it was done. It was a beautiful way to start the, the show. But anyways, all right, that's UFC 276. Um, any important key notes you want to run down about that card before we move on? No, it was like I said, it was a great. I think the whole night was packed of great fights. The prelim and the the early prelims. There were great finishes, great fights that we had. Um, so overall, it was a good fight. I know uh, UFC 277 is going to be a also another uh double champion, right? total title fight, double interim title, title fight, fight. So, interim uh, flyway title fight between Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France because David Figueredo is uh sidelined right now, plus he doesn't want to fight uh Moreno again for the fourth time, but he won't have a choice if uh Moreno wins the title, the interim title here. Also, main event is Ju- Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes to uh, for the Bantamweight title. At this point, I'm going to just give you my prediction now. Pena will win again. I say this will be by decision, and it's just more because I don't see Nunes really having the motivation to, like, that hunger for her is no longer there, in my opinion. Now, if Nunes is still always a killer instinct, she could always win it back, you know, whatever, but I just also don't see, like, you know, she's already the woman goat, like, you know, at right now, like, there's really not much for her to be like. I want this too much. And you said yourself, you watched the Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. you know, and you were you were not, you know, you were not motiv- you're not motivated in what Amanda Nunes is putting out there. But we'll leave that for another time, Art. Let's move on to the NBA free agency. Obviously, it happened last week, uh, starting out around five o'clock Thursday, and um, no Friday, whatever, whatever it was, July first, I think. Um, anyways. We saw a lot of movement going on, a lot of players uh, declining their player option only to like uh, reestablish that, hey, you know, re-signing. Some players got traded. Uh, overall, are, what were your key uh, signings or trades that you think will impact the league moving forward? Carl Anthony Town, man. I think that, super, that Max deal. The Supermax? The Supermax. That best, best, best thing they could have done. I think he's gonna be the the the, the franchise. No, 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 come on, man! Like that—that that was a stupid deal. He has a non okay. thing. No, 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 no. He has done nothing, nothing for the organization. That I think it was a wasted money to put on him. He has not done anything. Um, he's a good player, but he has not done what he was supposed to do. For the organization. As, as the number one so, overall pick, not yeah. that long. I mean, like, what, nope. six, seven years ago? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, that one, we discussed it with Mike, uh, who's, you know, big basketball aficionado. He loves basketball. He he has everything for him is, is basketball. And, like, how do you sign a man who shows up once every three games? And mm-hmm. especially when you need him in playoff situation. Like, I said, remember when we predicted the first round? And I was like, you know what? T Wolves have a chance to beat John and the Grizzlies. They have a cat who's a big size man. They have an Anthony Edwards who can, you know, try to match up with John. Not the same level, but he could try. You know, mm-hmm. and that team overall is that they could do it. And they could have, if they didn't blow three, three double digit leads and lose to the Grizzlies. 
Like, and it's a lot of that has to do with the fact that these guys start showing heart in the second half. These guys didn't motivate at all. And you think trading for Rudy Gobert, and now you put now you're gonna call them the the new twin towers. You think that's gonna help you, Minnesota? Absolutely not. I'm gonna tell you right now, absolutely not. Rudy Gobert, yes, give him his flowers for being a top defender. But are you really taking away Cat off the post to put him at the perimeter so he can shoot threes because that's the best for him? Come on. Come on, bro. It's just, come on. Now, don't give me that shit. Like, I get, I don't care. I don't care that you guys gave away all the first round picks that you did. I don't care if you gave up the players that you did. It's whatever. But the fact that you think Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert is going to be the best I never do. This is the best team ever. No. They'll still be in the playing tournament. I'm going to tell you right now. They will still be fighting in the playing tournament. They're going to struggle because the West is still stacked. It doesn't matter who they are. They, they cannot get past the Warriors. It doesn't matter if Clay is hurting or getting older. It doesn't matter if Steph is getting older and hurting. It doesn't matter if Draymond is still Mr. Triple Single. They're not getting past the champs. Not not like that. I don't even, not even past the Suns so, or the Grizzlies. So... We'll see there. Uh, for me, Art, obviously, big Spurs guy. Big change for me for, to see DeJounte Murray moved, traded away to the Hawks um, for a bunch of first-round picks, essentially in a swap and a conditional first-round pick. Um, obviously, Spurs are rebuilding. What does that tell you more for the Hawks, though? Because now you added another point guard, an all-star point guard. Are you moving trade to the two? Are you key, or are you moving DJ to the two? What, what does this mean for the Hawks, in your opinion? So, I think the Hawks are ready to. I mean, they, they, they've been a contender. No, there's no disagreeing there. But I think now they're like, okay, this is our time to do it. Um, they have, they have good players and they have the potential to do it. But this is one of the things that I had told you. You know, like it's not a one man team, and he couldn't do everything by himself. You know. So now adding to John Tamari, it leaves a little outlet open for them to do a little bit more play. I think he does. They move him back to the two and they put DJ at the one. Like, okay. I think that's what's going to work just to relieve some of the pressure off of him. That's going to be weird because you know Trey loves to handle the ball a lot. You know, obviously the game plan over the Hawks, it, it's run by him. And the reason I know that they had discussions prior to the trade, but like, oh man, it'd be great if we played together, yada, 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 all this other stuff. Like, that's nice, right? Like, DJ is a top defender. He's He was the best steal. He had the, he had the most steals mm-hmm. last year and everything. The, the problem is, you know, what didn't work out with DJ and DeMar was that DJ thought a lot of times he should have been the closer than DeMar, even though DeMar had the more experience, you know, the more trust and stuff like that. And now that the first year you get it, you just, you're just you bouncing, right? Not because, you know, you know, obviously the team is not in the position it's going to be in, right? They're going to be rebuilding. They don't want him to be stuck in a rebuild team. So they're like, you know what, go out and win, you know, whatever. But with the Hawks, I don't know, man. He's got two more years left on his contract, so – I don't see this working out that great for them. I think after the Hawks, he'll move on to you know another possible super team or whatever it is, but we'll see how that goes. Um, let me look at these. What do you think about the Jalen Brunson signing to New York? Obviously, there's some tampering there, but he's getting over 100K, and he's never been an all-star. And he's leaving Luka for New York. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's going to be a good – moves depending on who New York's going to lose. Just because of, I mean, there's talks about certain players, you know, not moving or going forward with the organization, <laughs> but they are going to sign their, their deal. So I think they're just trying to relieve some of that pressure from the big body people. Uh, well, that's, but, but that's the Knicks, but, I mean, you think they're trying to get one of the Brooklyn boys? I mean, I obviously, they, it would have to be KD because Kyrie's the same position as Brunson. Yep. No, I mean, yet again, they did tank the, the draft. So, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to replace that piece that they that they traded away for no freaking reason. But whatever. Uh, overall, whether it's a tampering or not, uh, 
There were there were talks weeks before, bro. The, the free agency, like, come on, like you're not supposed to talk to the player, you're not supposed to talk to the agent or anything. There are already reports of four years, hundred mil. Come on, that's tampering. That is tampering, bro. At its finest, like nobody got, no one's getting flags for that right now. I mean, it sounds like New York's gonna get hit with a penalty for it, but come on, two weeks before free agency and it's already reports. Yeah, he's gonna get a hundred mil for four years. You know, Jalen Brunson, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. But so you really what, what happens? What does he have to pay? He's not going to have to – it's not going to hit him. It's going to hit the, the organization. They're going to lose like a first-round pick for it. I mean, they're, the one, they're the ones getting fined. Is it worth it? Is Jalen Brunson really that game-changer? To be like, oh, yeah, he's worth it. He's worth the tampering. Like, you couldn't just wait until free agency? I guess for them it is. I don't, I don't know, but – I mean, they're desperate times. You got R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. I don't think he's still happy with the organization. I think he'll force his way out still, uh, just like many others have. James Harden has yet to re-sign with Philly after he declined his option, uh, player option with them. I don't think they're finding a number that he likes. Uh, we don't know what's going on with KD, what team he's going to be moved, if he's going to be moved at all. Kyrie obviously signed his player option, but he's he wants out. It made it easier for him to get a sign and trade somewhere else. Lakers are trying. Westbrook might be offloaded on the Spurs for all we know uh, as part of How the How would you deal, feel about I, that? That's fine. We have a lot of cap space. Unload him on us for like a year. Maybe we'll probably buy him out or he'll play and it'll be whatever. I mean, as, but I like, with the Spurs. I like West, so I like Westbrook as a player. Like I think he's one of those underrated players yet again, but yeah, he sometimes doesn't perform at, at he's not the one either. Like, I yeah. think he's in the same position as DeMar, you know, like he's not the one. Um, that's why he works so great with KD and Harden, like, because he wasn't the one. You can't, he's not going to perform at the hey, one. But he, forced himself, but he forced himself to be the one. That's the issue. That was why KD ran out. That's why, you know, now Laker Nation doesn't like him. And they, that's why they, people call him West Brick and all this stuff. That's because they don't like, he thinks he's still the best player out there and he's, you know he's he's still great. Like don't get me wrong, he's still he's still good. Like if you get him as a you know a little jackrabbit on your team, like he'll do good. But the way his the game plan was set for him, what Frank Vogel did with the Lakers, it just it wasn't good. It, it was a good up. setup. Um, and also Anthony Davis was injured most of the year. Like what are you gonna do with that? Like you can't even get in the rhythm with him because he, the boy doesn't show up. Like he's hurt all the time. Like five minutes in the game, he's out <laughs> for the yeah. next two months. So. It is what it is. Um, we can leave it at that for right now for the NBA talk. Art, obviously, big news in the NFL today was Baker Mayfield being traded to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth-round conditional pick. I mean, the, the Mayfield-Brown era is over. Your quick thoughts on that? Um, the Browns fucked up that relationship with Baker, man. Like, I'm not saying Baker was going to win him a title. But he's the only quarterback that has taken him that far into the playoffs. And that's what? That's the second or third quarterback that they draft as a Heisman? And what have we seen with those Heisman, like, winning well, quarterbacks from, from, well, from Johnny, the Browns? Well, well, Johnny Manziel was never – he was overrated. Let's, let's start with that. Baker no, no, Mayfield. Yes, but, like, you're, you're wasting your picks on that type of caliber for a QB and then – no, I would QB say that actually works out for you. Well, Baker was Heisman too, honestly. Yeah, Baker was another Heisman. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you drafted uh, him, you had him. He took you to the playoffs not once but twice, and then you're like, I, uh, never mind. Let me trade. I think else. you. Like, I think you let the outside noise get to you, right? Because we talked a lot, like good stuff for them, like hyping them up for this upcoming, this past upcoming, this season, uh, this past season, shit. <laughs> Upcoming this last, past season, yeah. right? Last, yes, you know what I mean. We were hyping them up because, well, because they were doing good things. They were, they were, you know, they gave the Chiefs a competitive fight. Yes, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, you know, at the end of that game, the playoffs, you know, not long ago. But even the first week of this past season, Browns and Chiefs, it was hella close. Browns could have won the game. Just you know, things happen. Um, and you know, the organization just burning their bridges with them, like. I think the one they let the media get to them, 
I get it. Baker's not the you know we rated we rated quarterbacks. He's not the the B. He's not the A guy. He's not the guy who's going to get you the Super Bowl. But sometimes you don't need that guy to win a Super Bowl. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP. Again, yep. people think about that. Nick Foles. While yes, Carson Wentz did all the dirty work during the regular season. He won Nick the Super Foles. Bowl. Nick Foles was the one who won all those games in the postseason, beating Tom Brady and Belichick. Yeah. Like, so you you're telling and Jared Goff let was a leading quarterback to the Super Bowl. You can't tell me if you had had a good relationship with Baker. You have the great talents of Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. The tight ends y'all are overpaying for no fucking reason. The defense that you have, you're telling me these guys couldn't have led you to a maybe a conference championship if you have a good relationship. All last year, Baker is playing hurt. Hurt. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be playing hurt, but he's going out there. And you know what? He's trying. Whether, you know, whatever you are, you're critiquing, well, he's just holding back the team. No, he is trying. He's going out there doing yeah. something that most players are like, ooh, ooh. I'm hurt. Yeah, no, and you're right on that. And that's the thing. Like, he's not a back QB. He He's – so as a backup, he's one of the best backups. If he ends up being Sam Darnold's backup, which I, I, I completely doubt he's going to be. Nope, he's not. But he's a good quarterback. He has a good arm. He has a good read. It's just, like you said, it's, it was a relationship that the organization put on him. They they didn't have his back at specific times that they should have. Like, the whole playing hurt. Dude, take your QB off and, the field and say, and hey, again, get better. And again, he's not perfect, right? Because obviously, there's a relationship with Odell. Odell's dad came out on social media. He got Odell freed, criticized Baker. You know, sometimes the QB is audible, and then they'll make the best decisions for themselves. And I'm getting we, – we said it. Baker ain't the guy, like, always. Like, he ain't going to be your, 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 your you know, first-round pick in a, you know, fantasy football league or anything like that. But he's a guy that understands how to win sometimes. He went mm-hmm. to, you know, playoff champion, you know, playoff championship games um, or the Final Four for, you know, for uh, college football, you know, he led this Browns team that was a joke of a franchise for years to so their first victory in like the what two, three years yep. at the time. And then mm-hmm. they, they hit the playoffs, get the win over the Steelers, which is going to be one of Big Ben's last losses. Is that he, you know, he lost to the Browns last time they met in the playoffs and you burned the bridge with him because of whatever, whether it's his attitude issues, whether it's Odell, whether it's, oh, I have a shot for Deshaun Watson and his, you know, 66 sexual allegations. I have a shot for him. Oh, maybe we should go ahead and do that right now. Yeah, yeah, let's go Cleveland. Oh, I oh, wait, oh, you know, shit like that, you know. You you, they, you know, now you're going to have to run with Jacoby Brissett. Baker's going to move on. Obviously, Baker's not going to have a long-term career. He's going to be more of a backup. But I really Unless he Baker. does. Unless he proves it, which this he I guess is, this is his proof or this is his make it or break it year. Yes, he's leaving. That's you hear that by the way. Yeah, it's on you your side. That? It was yeah, a truck, probably. Uh, I know. No, I, I just want to know: is it bad? Like I can't. I, I know how bad it sounds here. Is it bad on your end? Nah, I'm good. But okay, um, okay, okay. this is his make it or break it year for Baker. He's leaving the Browns after this bad organization relationship that they had. He's mm-hmm. going to the Panthers. The Carolina Panthers have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They have a badass, well, injury prone now, but he's a good running back that you can dump off the ball to, and he'll get you yards after the catch. Mind you have a good free agent after this year. Exactly. So th- that's where I'm getting at. If he makes it, like if he makes it in the Carolina Panthers organization, then he will have a resume. Say, you know what? Like it wasn't just this bad year that I was playing hurt overall. But hey, I deserve a good deal as a starting quarterback somewhere else. So yeah, he's gonna fight. He's, he's gonna fight for a contract somewhere, obviously. Um, and maybe who knows? Maybe Carolina will extend him out. You know, maybe they'll sign him and keep him and stuff like that. We won't. We'll see how it happens. Um, the the big thing that I saw someone else say um, that I think is possibly very true is that yes, Tom Brady 
unretired, right? After 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure he's going to retire again. And it's open field in the NFC South that anyone could take over. And Baker has a chance to say, hey, I'll prove you wrong. I got DJ Moore. Got Robbie Anderson. Hopefully he likes me now. I got the lawn being cut on my left. Um, I got Christian McCaffrey. We can stay healthy. You know, stuff like that. Um, So we'll see what happens. Hopefully good things for Baker. I just know his contract with Progressive is longer or whatever the freaking company is. It's longer than his current NFL contract is. So we'll see how that goes. Art, do you have any plugs before we head out? Anything, last words you want to say uh, before we do? Yeah, man. Uh, y'all can find me at A underscore design, uh, A underscore Ibarra design on Instagram. Yeah. Um, y'all can hit me up about any questions about, you know, architecture design, any remodels that you guys want to do. Um, I need to update my Instagram shortly uh, just because of did it, I'm doing a small little project in the backyard pour some concrete on the on the back porch so Jose saw it this weekend it looked really nice um so yeah we're along with the, bar- we're, we're along with the barbecue up. he fed me along with the barbecue he fed me when we were celebrating uh the fourth of daniela uh <laughs> 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 it's a joke don't worry about it, guys but anyways yeah uh guys follow him there follow us puro pinche sports on instagram at puro pinche sports follow us on twitter at pinche sports pod follow marco guys give him a hug send him a Send them a little fist bump. Like, Condolences. Hey, you know, chin up, guy. You know, you're, you'll be fine. You know, it's okay that Max lost for the third straight time to Volkanovski. It's okay. Just remember to tell Max to call Alex Daddy now. It's all right. It's no problem, right? But it's all good, guys. Check us out. And don't forget, Frankie's Barbershop, that's where you go for your cuts. You look look at art. Look at how fresh he is. I haven't gotten a haircut in a minute, so don't look at me. Anyways, guys, for our Twitter, I am Jose Garza. We are Puro Pichu Sports, and we are out.